today we're going to talk about the 2016 movie, Sing. My name is Sarah, and I am the mom of a four-year-old boy. And I am Briar Harvey, and I am the mom of a 17-year-old girl, an eight-year-old boy, and a two-year-old boy. And let's go ahead, start with the logo. That's all you, baby. I'm Yeah, so this is Illumination, um, which is the same people that make the Minions movies. You know, Despicable Me. I'm sure we'll get into one of those eventually. Eventually we, we can will avoid have them. to watch those, yes. Um, so this logo, uh, I don't know. I haven't paid enough attention to the Illumination movies to see if they actually change from movie to movie. But in this one, the letters go out. They do, actually. They change quite a bit. And I had meant to look up when it actually became officially the Minion one. And I think that was after Despicable Me 2. But I would have to verify that. And I will add it to the show notes later. Absolutely. All right. So it goes out. Letters go out. And it spells Minion. And the Minions are being Minions. And that's about it. I don't know if it's specific or not. Um, so I feel like I should be very, um, open on this. This is the movie that my son has watched more than any other movie. Um, it's the movie where we've had days where we've watched it three times a day. So that being said, those are fun days, (laughs) right? Yeah, there's something. Those are the days you live for as a parent, right? Those are the days where I'm messaging my husband and saying, "When are you coming home? When you're coming home? When are you coming home?" (laughs) But part of what I wanted to say there is, you know, our tagline is taking a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. This movie is. The biggest example of a movie I have not paid attention to <laughs> until we sat down and decided we are going to record this. Like, I I don't think I'd ever actually watched this movie. But, I mean, I know this movie. See, and I think that's a shame because this movie is a work of art. It's my husband's favorite movie, and he cries every time he watches it. Where does he cry? At the end? Is that where he cries? Yeah, he just gets so emotional. I think, I think it's like when uh, Johnny's dad comes. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's, I can see that being a big moment. And he just gives him such a big hug. Dad, yes, (laughs) yes. So... Both my husband and I will get weepy at the end where they're rebuilding. There's just something about that sequence for me and listening to Jennifer Hudson sing the song. And it's just, oh, yeah, if I'm actually sitting and watching that movie, no matter where I started, I will cry at that sequence. <laughs> so, so we're going to take a look at the cast first because this one is so very large. It is an enormous cast. And we want to not miss anybody. I'm sure... I think we've got everybody. So obviously, Buster Moon, Matthew McConaughey. We'll talk about him later. Uh, Eddie the Sheep, the redoubtable John C. Riley, who we probably won't talk about 
too much, I don't think. So I just really wanted to highlight, he's so good as the she. I think so, too. His voice and his, like, inflection is just perfect for that, like, slacker she. He really, he does. I mean, and (laughs) it's so different. It's really interesting to me how different that is from uh, Ralph. And he yeah, doesn't even yeah. do a whole lot of vocal changes, right. really, but it's a very different character. Yeah, so. they're very both obviously John C. Riley, but John C. Riley as different characters. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's, it's, it's great acting. Mm-hmm. So then we have Miss Crawley, who is Garth Jennings, the writer and director of this movie. And I I, I really like Miss Crawley. I can't help but like <laughs> Miss Crawley. All of the scenes with her eye. I don't know. I don't yes. know if it's comic relief or if it's just... But she's just so perfect. She is. I, I love her too. And I love her teaching Johnny the piano. Yes. Awesome. Um. Now, Garth Jennings' kids are the voices of the piglets. Oh, that's fascinating. I did not know that. Good good catch. So then we have Ash, who is Scarlett Johansson. And you have some notes here about her music. Um, so... Every character is introduced by a song, either, you know, that they're singing. Right. Basically. All the main characters, I should say. All the main singing characters. And so Scarlett Johansson is introduced, and she's singing, like, this punk song with her boyfriend. And I just, as somebody who at one point was considered punk... I have Oh, issue. now I'm catching your objection. <laughs> I have issue with the way people portray punk, and I'm definitely air-quoting this as I'm sitting here. And it's never actually punk. <laughs> it's never actually punk. This is not punk. I wouldn't call this punk. Okay. But I think that's what it's supposed to be based on how they're dressed. Like, all I... you had to do was, like, not put them in plaid, and I would have <laughs> no issue with this portrayal. <laughs> all right. I'll let you complain about that one significantly <laughs> at length later. But we will say that Lance, Ash's boyfriend, is played by Beck Bennett, who is... I don't actually watch Saturday Night Live these days, so I didn't know him, and I didn't... I don't know him either, and I watch Saturday Night Live, so... And I didn't know <laughs> Mina's grandfather, who is... Oh, Jay Farrow. Jay Farrow, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's on it. He's very, very good at impersonations um i believe his i'm not sure if he's actually barack still obama on. and that yes, i've yes. seen bits of him as barack obama so that i knew but yes so there's actually a lot of snl characters or actors in this movie leslie jones um also plays one of mina's is i think it's her mother uh, so I, it's interesting that they're all here like this. They you know, must have like, grabbed him from the soundstage next door or something because yeah. we're talking relatively minor characters. Right. And speaking of relatively minor characters, Ben the Giraffe is played by director Wes Anderson. 
I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, you, you read Wes Anderson here, and you're like, who's Wes Anderson? No, I mean, I Director know who Wes Anderson is. Wes Anderson, yeah. right. And the goat, who I still haven't figured out where he is. I have no but idea he where this goat is. is Director Edgar Wright, who most people would probably know from, like, Shaun of the Dead and all Hot of, fuzz. right, those um, films. So this goat that he is that neither of us can remember in the movie has apparently been confirmed for Sing 2. Well, that's fantastic. I guess According to Edgar Wright on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's see. Uh, we're up to Johnny. Taryn Egerton, and I will just, I'm just going to let you have this one because it's quite obvious from your little love notes in the notes that you are a fan, so. I am, I am. Um, I just think I can remember, um, so in this, in this movie, his big scene at the end is him playing uh, John, Elton John's I'm Still Standing, and I remember... I can't remember which one it was in, but either when I was watching this or when I was watching the Kingsman Golden Circle, I was like, oh, look, that's him with John Elton John again. So they're together in both of those. And now he's going to play Elton John in a biopic, which I just had to watch the um, trailer for. And it I can't looks wait to see. so good. I'm so excited. I mean, and Richard Madden is in it, and I love him. <laughs> my husband was like, I don't get it. And I'm like, I realize you don't get it, but I also can I say pretty plainly that you are not the Elton John movie target audience. <laughs> I just, I think it looks great. And I really like him. I like Taron Egerton. Um back from like the first Kingsman movie yeah I think he's forward. good and I actually he looks the part he's he obviously part. can sing the part right I think he's kind of every actor has a movie that you can really say that they were made for yeah and I, without even seeing the movie I'm almost gonna go this was Taron Egerton's movie the one that he right. was made for because it's just perfect I can remember the first time we watched Sing, it opens, his opening is him in that alley singing The Way I Feel Inside by the Zombies. I wouldn't have been able to name that for you if I hadn't looked it up. Um, so when I, when I saw that, I can remember immediately going to IMDb to figure out who this was. And then being like, holy crap, telling my husband, it's the guy from The Kingsman. Right. We were both like, what? Right. Oh, no, he could sing <laughs> really well. Now, yeah. speaking of Johnny, his dad is played by Peter Serafinowicz, who most people will know from Guardians of the Galaxy. He's actually the he's actually Saul. The oh, I, he's always like a dry wit. Yes, right. Yes. Like the, he plays the straight man a lot against people. And he does it well here, too. Yes, I so. had, I would never have guessed that was him at all until you said that. Like, until I saw it here, I was like, wait, what? No, <laughs> I had no idea. When I was looking up his credits, it, it's pretty remarkable. That was the one that I flagged for. This is, oh, this is where I know him yeah. from. But there were others that I went, oh, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. he's a, I've seen he's that, that guy. Too. Yes, he's, he's that, that guy. guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that guy, Mike, the mouse voice. I don't know. Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. I don't think you can call him a that guy because he's always Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> he's always playing himself, right? <laughs> is he ever not playing himself? So, which is <laughs> that's really interesting because we'll 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 talk more about Mike later, much later. He is uh, the music you wanted to know, so I noted it down for you. Take Five by Dave Brubeck and Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. Those are he's the ones playing he's playing the sax. Playing. He's not right. singing because it's a, an instrumental. Those are the <laughs> ones he's playing, and then he auditions with Pennies from Heaven. Which, of course. I, and of course. I, I will acknowledge he has a fantastic yeah. voice. He has recorded. An American songbook album. And if this was the 1940s... Yeah. He would have probably been a member of the Rat Pack. Sure, that's exactly... Unfortunately. ...his shtick. It's not the 1940s, and he looks like Seth MacFarlane. So he's had to do other things, and it's hard to blame him for having to do other things. It's just... Wow. Okay, moving on. Rosita, played by Reese Witherspoon. And I really, really, really love Rosita. I love Rosita a lot. I think all the moms are supposed to love Rosita. We're supposed to. She's the self-insert character. She is. (laughs) She's She's our Mary Sue. I forget (laughs) where I got Pants. No, I do remember. Pants comes from the oatmeal when he is talking about Twilight. And that's what he calls her. You mean the comic? Yes, the the comic, the oatmeal. In his comic strip about the book Twilight, he calls Bella Pants. Because that's exactly what she is. A pair of pants that the reader can slip <laughs> yeah. themselves into and identify as. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. So, pants. That's You'll have exactly, to link that one. I will. I'll link that in the show notes. That's what Rosita is. She's she's our pants. Yep. So for she's, the moms out there. For the moms out there. She's singing Firework by Katy Perry. And she does it acceptably well, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, she does. Then Rosita's husband is Norman, and he is Nick Offerman, who I love, and I'm so excited to see him in anything. And he did a really great job here. We'll talk a little bit about Norman. I think we have to talk a little bit about Norman as a character. Um, And then Gunter, Nick Kroll from... I got to admit, I'm not sure. The League is the one I recognized, but I haven't watched any of his stuff. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, he, he had the Kroll show on Comedy Central. He's kind of, he falls into that like group of guys, and it's a lot of the same people that were on the League, where they all do like comedy, and they all end up in each other's stuff with like Paul Shear and Jason Manzukis and, you know. And I kind of set. recognize all of those names, but <laughs> I don't really actively follow any of their stuff, and that's just fine. Um, and then let's see. So we have, 
We talked about Mina's grandfather. So we have Mina, who's played by Tori Kelly. And we looked her up, guys. We don't know who she is. (laughs) She's in, some of you may know, apparently not all of you have nationwide insurance. So that may be, I don't know. If you have nationwide insurance, she's the blonde girl with the guitar who sings pretty songs about insurance. Like... I might be able to find those on YouTube, but <laughs> I have no idea who she is. I, I, I still don't. I really, I have a song that she sang with Ed Sheeran in my Spotify playlist, but I'll be real honest. My curation of Spotify playlist is, oh, this sounds good. Let me listen to this 55 <laughs> times in a row so I can write. I, I do weird things with music now, so it's not, I don't know. But I have her, apparently, in my Spotify playlist. Well, she has a beautiful voice. She does. I really, I like her, I like mm-hmm. her version of Hallelujah in particular. Yeah. And I actually yep. have since added that to my playlist. To Spotify so, playlist. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything, really. Right. Her introduction song is Happy Birthday for her grandfather. And, and then, then when she auditions, she just has an anxiety attack and is interrupted by Mike. Because, of course, Mike. Mike is a jerk. Oh, <laughs> Mike is a jerk. All right. And then there's Judith, Rhea Perlman. And I really I love the, the ears in particular. Yeah, Judith, Judith is the llama from the bank. From the bank. With the little I cowboy boots and the yeah. fluffy butt ball. I, I don't know. There, everything about Judith is amazing. I did not catch that that was Rhea Perlman. Yes, Rhea Perlman. I was not on top of my picking out actors from their voices game for this movie. You really apparently were not. Maybe because I was so overwhelmed because there were so many of them. Or maybe because you've seen it 3,000 times and at that point it just kind of blends into the (laughs) background. I will acknowledge that at at some point it's tough to focus. (laughs) Next we have Becky, who... We will be discussing. Becky is played by Tara Strong, who we will also be discussing. But you should know her probably as, uh, I wrote, Powerpuff Girl. <laughs> but I meant... Powerpuff Girl. Powerpuff Girl. <laughs> Bubbles. Or literally any other cartoon. I, I, really, she does an incredible Everything. amount of voice work. I, had I think no- she has 500... And some odd listings on IMDb. That would not even surprise me. I think she's Timmy from Fairly Odd Parents she is, as well. Yep. So she's just all over the place. But we're going to talk about her career a little bit later because it's a really interesting study. So then finally we have um, the Bears and Nana Noodleman. So the Bears are... All three of the bears, apparently, are Jim Cummings, who is also another famous voice actor. Um, You guys probably know him as Pooh and Tigger, too. And then Nana, the young singing version of Nana, is Jennifer Hudson. And she's always amazing, but I really liked what she did here with this Beatles song. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea this was a Beatles song. I 
had none. Because you're apparently not a Beatles fan, but it's a Beatles song. <laughs> and the old Nana Noodleman, also amazing, Jennifer Sanders, absolutely fabulous, Adina. I think Which one's she? The blonde she's one? She's the, the blonde other one. one. Okay. She's the right. blonde That's one. That's really the only one I have any like. Yeah, she's of. she's she's the blonde one. And that's really all you need to know. The blonde one who always has the vodka bottle. Yes. That's really all you need to know about Jennifer Saunders. For like 20 years of her life, (laughs) I think. (laughs) All right. So I think, yep, that's everybody. Woohoo. We made it through. And we haven't even started the movie yet. So (laughs) we start with the introductions to everyone and then buster takes his rickety old bicycle to tell eddie that he's going to host the singing competition in that really fancy french restaurant with the sandwiches the where san- he brings his own sandwich <laughs> brings his own sandwiches like but before he gets to the restaurant he has to escape from the theater because all of his workers who he hasn't paid he hasn't paid. are like after him right and judith so, is on the phone right it's just it's so, a mess so he runs out of there like and hops on his bike and says he tells um Miss Crawley that he'll be back. He's going to lunch. And so, today while we were watching this, my son, the whole time he's riding his bike through the city, is telling me, it's okay. He's coming back. He just has to get something to eat. <laughs> Which is four-year, four-year-old logic, because obviously he took something to eat with him (laughs) there are actually several little glowing instances of those kinds of coincidences in this film that i just love so all right so eddie eddie is doubtful for good reason i would say but buster goes back to the theater and tells miss crawley to print up the flyer her eye pops out of her head for the first time definitely not the last and we changed the amount of the prize to a hundred thousand dollars and then they flow blow out into the wind and everybody sees them and then we have auditions okay so once we start the auditions and this sequence is a lot of fun my kids really like it because they like the spiders yes they like the little foxes who don't the, oh my gosh even sing. Look, oh no those ones yeah the little <laughs> lucky, japanese lucky. foxes who don't even sing yeah the whole sequence is just a good time um the line that became popular in our house was the oh my gosh look at her butt oh and my son doesn't know that song all he knows is that part so it would just be oh my gosh look at her butt oh my gosh look at her butt and i can't in good conscience encourage you to play the rest of the song we're gonna have to wait like 10 more years at least wow (laughs) so those we have art we know who's selected we don't need to go through that except for the frogs who break up in rehearsals 
they come out, their audition song is Jump by Van Halen. And the fact that they break up in rehearsals is pretty hilarious because... Given Van, Van Halen, Halen's history? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is notorious for having, like, a revolving door of members. <laughs> no, no, no. Two lead singers? We don't, we don't, we don't need to talk about that at all. And then there's Pete the Camel, who has quite the voice, and I could not, guys, if you find out who voiced, it, who voiced Pete the Camel, please do let me know, because I looked for days. He's got a great voice, he was knocked out by a sandbag, and Miss Crawley's eye, because that seemed appropriate. <laughs> but of course. Let's see. Buster sends all the contestants home. Mina goes home and cries because she didn't audition. Um, and then we have rehearsals. So this is as good a place as any, I think, to talk about Rosita. Because after rehearsals, go home, get a good night's sleep. And Rosita goes home and, like, creates this engineering marvel of, like... (laughs) It's like a Rube Goldberg machine. Here's the thing, though. I'm a pretty smart guy. You strike (laughs) me as a pretty smart guy. I could not build one of these in one evening or one month of evenings. Right. Especially after having gone through a full day of whatever your momming are right, <laughs> right. Because usually by like six o'clock, seven, I don't have the brain power left to even read a book if I wanted to. <laughs> usually, I'm just trying to stay awake on the couch at that. Which point should in time also, listeners, give you an idea of where we're at when we're recording. <laughs> we do this at seven o'clock eastern time and what time is it over there in omaha well now it's seven o'clock which would make it eight your time yeah yes, it's, it's eight o'clock here <laughs> so yeah if you ever wonder why we're a little space cadetty that would be, <laughs> why. be why that would be yep. why <laughs> we've had a full day but rosita <laughs> nah man she just Builds this machine, an amazing machine. Thing, gets it all set up, and by the way, gets to rehearsal with no time to spare. So she didn't sleep at all. Pulled an all-nighter for this. <laughs> I just Rosita's a good care pants. For... She's a great pants. Okay, she's she just... has to care for her twenty-five kids and twenty-five kids. Let's also not neglect to mention twenty-five kids who I'm sure are great children. But as a mom of three, I can tell you that after two, once you're outnumbered, it just gets exponentially worse. That is what I have heard. You can't run a man-to-man defense anymore. No, you can't. (laughs) Sometimes one gets through, and I have one that's significantly older than the other two, and that doesn't even matter. Sometimes it's just, no, I'm overwhelmed. I I need... (laughs) To tag somebody in... Oh, wait. There's no one. So, we need to get working on that machine. Oh, right. Right. That what machine. are you doing recording a podcast right now? 
missing out on an engineering degree. Clearly. (laughs) Okay, so then we have the first day of rehearsals. And the electricity goes out. And Buster has to go steal it from his next door neighbor. Which is when he runs into Mina, who has been told under no uncertain terms to go back and get an audition. So this is this is the first time where I really I really like Buster in this moment because I am quite sure as a theater person that he remembers Mina from yesterday's auditions. It doesn't matter how many people he saw, he remembers the elephant who knocked over the mic and couldn't sing. And I think that inviting her to be a stagehand is just a really remarkable act of grace. It gets her in without being high pressure. I don't know mm-hmm. that she would have been able to perform because she Otherwise. was already terrified. But knowing what was going on, being a part of things, being involved allowed her to break out from her little shell and I think that's all because Buster was like I remember you right also she was conveniently placed at the time I mean that's kind of <laughs> emblematic of Buster as a character I think but but he does a lot of good things for the sake of getting what he needs out of the situation Ash and her so like it's possible more time has passed than is indicated in the film but i swear to god lance goes and gets becky after two days of rehearsal that's what it seems like that's what it seems like he just goes and gets a new girl after two days you're (laughs) never around anymore like, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lance. Yeah, Lance. But we do have to talk about... It's, it's a good time to talk about Becky. Becky with the good hair? And when I read that in the notes, I <laughs> died. Because that's exactly where I wanted to go with this. Yeah. Becky with the good hair. So... <sighs> Does this predate that, though? Or is it just indicative of what kind of name Becky is? I I think it's just indicative of Becky. And we could talk a lot about whether or not that's problematic in any way. I'm sure there are arguments to be made for having a problem with Becky or not having a problem with Becky. I don't know, but she's just so perfectly Becky. (laughs) So my issue with Becky is that Lance gives Ash a hard time for selling out because she's going to be doing this competition. But then when Ash sees Lance singing with Becky, that is like an equally selloutable song. Like that is not the the spirit of what he was previously singing. So he obviously did it too. Right. And he clearly indicates during... Uh, after the first song where they're 
playing for the polar bear that he wrote that song. That's his song. And that Mm -hmm. Ash shouldn't be shoehorning her way in. So clearly he is a much bigger sellout for abandoning his punk roots and singing whatever the crap that thing is with Becky. Right. Because then when you get, when Ash writes her song at the end, it's not punk. And that's okay, because you know what I think? I don't think she wanted to be punk in the first place. She's certainly... I think she wants to just be herself. and Yeah, and that's fine. And that's fine. You don't I have to she, change yourself for any guy. She just does it really well. Glad, doesn't mean you have to, too. In the purple lame dress with the leather <laughs> jacket and the boots. It's all perfect, right? Yeah. So I did also want to talk about Tara Strong here, because did you know that she was Nev Campbell's roommate? Really? So way, way, way back in the day, they both auditioned for Party of Five. Really? And I think that... So if you look at her career, obviously she's got an impressive list of titles, but yes. they're mostly voice work. There right. are there are a few actual film appearances, but it's and I am, it's interesting to understand why because I think that she is just as attractive but there was something missing in all of those auditions because if you read through her credits, she auditioned to, for this role and it went to somebody else. She auditioned mm-hmm. for this role and it went to somebody else. And that's true of a lot of people. Right. Emily Blunt had the opportunity to be uh, Black Widow. She maybe missed out on that one. Mm-hmm. Well, That's really interesting. I had no idea. I had only ever known of her as being that voice actress. You know, like she is so she is well amazing as a voice actress, but she is not well known for her on camera work. And surely there has to be a reason for that. I just don't understand why when why she it didn't is work out. no. Okay, so the next character who has issues here is Johnny and he's supposed to go and help his dad with the heist and this is another one of those sequences in the film that I really think is so masterfully well done so when they're he's supposed to be at rehearsals for the preview show and he gets the call on the walkie-talkie that it's time to go and do the thing And then he decides, after he drops off his dad and the gang, that he can go back and make rehearsals. Because he has 37 minutes. Because he has 37 minutes. Now, you have to watch this scene really closely. (laughs) Because when he's driving to go back to the theater, he causes the car accident that prevents him from getting back to his dad. Yes, I know. Johnny. It's so amazing. You can see him. He he leaps over the hill and the red car runs into the... It's it's So it's the car accident that stops him from yeah. going back. Yeah, he gets stuck in traffic. 
But it turns out to be a good thing because I don't, I think that if he had been there, they would have gotten caught and he would have gotten caught with them. They're, the back alley that they run out of where the police are, I mean, they were already there, right? Right. So they would the have. The chances of them getting out, I think, were slim. Were slim. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what Johnny's dad finally comes to terms with. Or, or maybe that his son is just better off not as a criminal. Either well, way. Well, that's what I mean. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think it matters how he comes to that conclusion. No, it Although doesn't. Johnny does have a good voice, and that seems to encourage him in some yes. way. <laughs> well, you know, mobsters and criminals really love their crooners and... Well, that's Singing true. Artists. Just if I know anything, the Italians, <laughs> Dean Martin, and Frankie Sinatra—they sure would have told you how much the mob loved them. <laughs> All right. So then we have Rosita, and she she falls on her face during rehearsals and that bit there when she falls and Buster's like are you okay and Gunter says yes I'm fine <laughs> like nobody asked you Gunter Gunter <laughs> all right and then she runs out like the fire's gone and goes yeah. to the grocery store and does her little grocery store dance which is admittedly fun to watch yes and i love when the guy comes over the um pa and applauds yeah yes (laughs) that was great and then there's mike oh mike so he's already decided he's won this prize money which i don't know i think that's presumptuous at best but maybe he could reasonably assume that he was going to win. But he like, go- he is literally a busker when you find him in the beginning. <laughs> what makes him think that he is more talented than this other group of people? Like, what? Where? he's just cocky. Because he's decided that he's, he's got the confidence Panache. of a <laughs> mediocre white mouse, I guess. <laughs> There you go. So he goes and buys this fancy car. I love the extra seat in it for him. Right. So he can like, sit up so in a full-size car. Sit up. So that's something I really find interesting about this movie, like, is, like, a counterpoint to Zootopia. Because there's, like, no accommodations made for, like, animal sizes in this movie. Whereas, like, in Zootopia, like, he would have been driving a mouse-sized car. Right. He's just driving a normal-sized car driving with a normal higher size car. seats. <laughs> well, and I think that we could, at some point in time, maybe after we do Zootopia, we should do a mini-sode where we do, like, Animal Kingdom comparisons. Yeah, Because absolutely. there's a lot to, I mean, there's the, the one that really drives me nuts in this movie, and I can't even explain why, it just does. It's the whale in the river, but he's got a little hat on. 
how does that little hat stay? I mean, is there a chin strap? Is there a gigantic whale chin strap? How does that He's using the same glue that you use to put your toupee on. Oh, okay. It's Because it's... you can swim in those sometimes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not. I, I wondered the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes to the nightclub and he's playing cards with the bears. So my husband and I use the bears as like when we're having arguments about classism and politics and you know those things that potheads argue about at two o'clock in the morning when they should be sleeping when we're having those kinds of debates we use the bears as kind of the representation of the bourgeoisie elite because okay like when you go to a club normal people have to wait in line right Sure. The bears have a private entrance. They just get to go right on through. There's no... The bears are the social equivalent of, like, the Kardashians, okay? They just to, they get to go right into the club. Everybody wants the bears. Is it because they're mobsters? That I'm is... I'm positive they're mobsters. Positive. It's a possibility, but I don't even think it matters. They get to no. go in because they're, like... <laughs> The bears. They're they're the special social elite of <laughs> of this area. This animal this, kingdom. Probably because yeah. they can eat everybody. And I that's don't true. think that's accidental. I really like So speaking of like the types of animals and what that gets them in this world. I was really curious about the fact that all the police officers are rhinoceroses. I feel like this is another thing where this... I didn't notice that until you just said that, but you're right. All of the cops, and they're eating donuts, too. Like, again, there is very little in this movie that I find to be accidental. So right. this was all... But you're right. All of the cops are rhinos. Why? Because what, what what makes the rhino... But what about a rhino would make it a, cow, a cop? I don't know. I don't know. And for a movie that I would say... The animals and what type of animal they are is less of a driver for their place in the society than in Zootopia. Right. I just found it kind of interesting that all the cops were rhinos. That's all. I mean, there's nothing deeper about it than no, that, I don't No, but think. it's a good question. Why they are probably all the cops just, rhinos? They looked best in the police officer uniform. Oh, there you go. <laughs> The horn and the hat, yeah. it all just, it worked. Maybe there was originally a joke with the horn and there were some donuts stacked up on it. Or A, do- a horn is a great way to hold a donut. That's true. <laughs> it's got a hole. It fits yeah. right on there. It's your and donut And maybe that's stacker. how the stereotype started in this world. It could be an in-universe joke that we'll just... <laughs> never We'll understand. never know. <laughs> So the day of the screening, we have Mike being an asshole, as usual, outside, and the bearers show up demanding the money that he stole at the card game. And Mike says, it's not me. 
Buster's got my money. Because, again, he's totally entitled to this money. Right. And then they go in, and they break the chest open with the squid. So I really, like... I realized that we couldn't actually light the stage in this manner in real life. And I was saddened by this because, because the it's squid awesome. stage is fantastic. It's so cool. And I love how he gets the squids to come from the French restaurant. Right. <laughs> Looking for excitement or something. I can't yeah. remember what the sign <laughs> says, but it's very clearly... Hey, let me poach you over here. Yeah. It's not even about the pay. Just come come do something. Obviously, it's not about the pay because this is Buster Moon we're talking about here. Right, just, right. Just come do something more exciting than swimming around a French restaurant. It's really cool. I also wish that it was possible to have a squid stage lighting set up like this. But we could probably do it now, right? With like lasers? With LEDs. With yeah. LEDs or something? Absolutely. That should be feasible Yeah, you now. know what? I'm pretty sure that there's like some technology for like drones with LEDs on them that like Disney is using to like create designs in the sky during fireworks things. So, so it's all totally translate so to water. So we're, yeah. we're going we're gonna to get this stage eventually is what you're telling me. We're going to get these Not before we'll get flying cars. But okay, great. <laughs> Who wants flying cars anyway? When you can have pretty lights. I, I want the pretty lights. <laughs> <laughs> so the bears break the glass tank. All the squid go down the drain. Mina blocks up the door. Poor thing. I felt bad for her getting stuck in the door. <laughs> Miss Crawley loses her eye. Again. Again. <laughs> This is like the fourth or fifth time that's happened at this point in time. And then the building collapses in on itself, which is all very sad. So Judith takes back the theater and Buster goes and lives with Eddie. And the contestants try and cheer him up. So they come over, knock on the screen door... While Buster's eating cereal. Is cereal just like the symbol of the despondent and depressed? I can't be fucked to make myself actual food. Just give me cold cereal and milk and I will attempt to drown my sorrows in caloric nothingness. Is that what cereal is? Is that what that is? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Buster tells him he's a hack, because the paper says he's a hack, and he decides to go back, and the car wash scene is particularly poignant, I think, because he's just given it all up. He's gone back to the bucket. You see this bucket? I thought that one was for the leak. No, that bucket's for the leak. This one is the bucket my dad used at the car wash. Yeah. We're using that bucket now. <laughs> and I love when Eddie jumps in to help him. Well, and, and you have dry. to admit, Lamb's Wool has to make an excellent drawing cloth, Absolutely, right? I'm yeah, sure. Yep. He does a great job of buffing the car clean, right? They're a perfect pair, I think. Perfect pair. <laughs> And then Buster hears Mina singing Hallelujah. 
and he runs off in his little speedos to go <laughs> and listen to her sing and says, I want to hear that on stage. So they do, and this is, they do the whole Queen Bowie under pressure sequence, right? Where you really get a sense of Rosita's skill as an engineer, because I don't know about you, but blueprints don't come naturally to me. <laughs> I can't just look at a blueprint and go, oh yeah, that's exactly what's going on here, thanks. I think you're right. I think Rosita definitely has some uh, education in architecture or engineering or something along those and lines. And she gave it all up to go... For 25 for kids. For 25 piglets. And a husband who, let's be real here, does not seem to care that much. Now, no. it's not that he's a bad sort, because he's certainly, I, I guess, around and available, kind of, right? I mean, I don't know. This is very emblematic to me of the way that many marriages end up after many children where the man goes off to work and the woman stays home and takes care of everything. And that literally means everything. And right. if she wants to have her own life, she has to design the sealing system or she has to get a nanny who uh -huh. won't come for 25 piglets. A nanny's expensive for three kids, too, because, you know, that charge becomes exponential. So, I don't know. It's not that Norman is a bad guy. It's that he's just become a slave to his routine. Yes, and he is completely avoidant of the fact that she has a life outside of the house and her children. Right. So, at least that comes back a little bit when he sees her perform, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, Definitely. there's some passion back. Whether that actually translates into him doing a load of laundry, I guess I guess we'll wait for Sing 2 on that one. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe I'm that'll hoping... be covered in Sing 2. <laughs> I'm hoping it at least opens the doors of communication between the two of them. I will say that is one of my favorite parts about The Incredibles 2, is how... You get to see. You get to see that change yeah. in parental duty and responsibility. They do a really good job in that movie. They do. I agree. Alrighty. So Rosita does Taylor Shifts, Shake It Off, and Gunter busts out of the washer, which is adorable. I love that routine. I, I really like great. that routine. I love when she goes back and changes into the new outfit. Right? And like, this, the lighting the, is so It drops. So great. And it's, yeah. I think I love it. I love it. And then Johnny does I'm Still Standing, which, again, beyond Taryn's ability as singing Elton John. I'm quite impressed with Johnny's ability to learn the piano. The piano, yeah. And I like how there's like a 
in the beginning, or the first time he tries to perform with the piano, Buster asks him how the backup song is going. And this so is I'm the backup guessing song. this must be the backup song. This is the backup yeah. song. But it was also the one that was far more suited to his character. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then Ash takes the stage. And Judith shows up and shakes her little llama finger. Right. You're all breaking and entering. I'm calling the police. I love Judith. I think that when Ash like first goes out on stage, she's wearing those heart glasses. Mm-hmm. Those, yeah, those glasses are Becky Becky's was glasses. Wearing. Yeah, she's wearing Becky's glasses. Those are Becky's glasses, and she throws them out. Yeah, it's a yep. good moment. <laughs> And then Mike shows back up because he can't dare to be upstage. Right. Yep. He wants to show up all the people on the sidewalk. And and really, it's this has he's kind of been combative in particular to Rosita the entire time, right? Because mm-hmm. he called her Porky at one point. I, I mean, she is a pig, but that's still somewhat insulting, right? Yeah, right. W- yeah, we would be we would be insulted by that, right? I, I, I'm assuming I so. Yeah, I think so. But he does my way, and it's wonderful. It's just it's very typical <laughs> my way. Like, there's nothing about it that is noteworthy. This really makes me sound like I don't like Seth MacFarlane, and I really don't have anything against No, Seth you really, MacFarlane. it sounds like you absolutely, so. No, I like, I like the Orville. <laughs> the Orville is such a good show. I guess just because Mike is such a jerk in this i'm like ah of course he sings that terrible and song well it's not a terrible song but he doesn't do anything no with he doesn't it. do Everybody anything else... special with it. It, it yeah whatever it's whatever <laughs> whatever Mike. also when johnny's dad shows up from his prison break and they have the moment i don't know if this is like referential to it or not but his whole prison break really makes me think of planet of the apes like there's some like later ones where like the apes are in like human society and stuff not the new ones the old ones the old ones that's all i can think of yes yeah so like later version not the original of the charlton heston ones but later in that Mm -hmm. series there's some where like it's a more developed society and like it made me think of that i don't know why (laughs) fascinating (laughs) again i don't think there's a whole lot about this movie that is really accidental and i think that they've done a really good job of bringing in these little tiny questions and references Mm -hmm. for the adults in the room so mina has stage fright still And Buster's been working with her this whole time, and she's back there, and she's in her pretty blue dress, and Buster drags her out to the stage, and she knocks the mic over again, which, like, if it was me, I would have been like, all right, that's it. It's over for me right now. This is it. It's not meant to be. It's it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. But she takes the stage. And she starts her song, 
and it really is she really does have a fantastic voice and you can see mike i I do like that little melt that he does where he's like oh she can actually sing like yeah but then she's singing mike gets grabbed by the bears so now this is something that i have had to talk to my children about and we've debated this at great length. Does Mike get eaten by the bears? Oh, I have no idea. Do you see him again after that? So you don't ever see him again after that. I've looked well, then, for yes. him. Mike gets eaten by the bears. I guess we'll find out if he's in Sing 2. Well, that may be the only way to prove it. Because he gets grabbed by the main bear. Who goes to put him in his mouth. And then his little mousy girlfriend shows up. Did she steal his car? I guess she stole the car. Because now she has Mike's car. And she saves him from the bear. But as they're driving away into the sunset, the bear is on the back of the car. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's the last we see. That's Ah. the last we see. Mm. Well... It doesn't look like there's any cast listed yet for Sing 2 on IMDb. So I guess so we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. He is not in, I can tell you for certain, the end credit picture where everybody comes back yeah. for the theater re-release re-opening, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, the reopening. And they take that new picture for Buster's office. He is not anywhere in that picture. So he either rode off into the sunset, or he got eaten. Personally, I'm leaning towards got eaten. Me too, because they make him out to be such a jerk, so I'm going to go with it. And should you feel bad that he got eaten is really the question. My answer is also no. So because the show is such a success, they rebuild, right? Right. And I love that sequence of the theater being rebuilt. Um, It's like sped up and like you could see everything getting made. And I just like thinking about it in terms of like how that was animated. Because it's such an extra step for animators to take. Like if if this was live action. They had to do all the animation first. And then they sped it up. And then. Yes. I love it. I like it. (laughs) I love it. I like it. Keep it in. (laughs) I wonder how long it actually... That's a good question. I wonder how long it actually took. Yeah. I'd like to hear... Not sped up. It's it's at least two, three minutes, I would guess. It's pretty detailed. I'd like to hear more about the animation of that scene. This whole movie is just so remarkably well done. Yeah. And I love the bit where Nana signs the check and then... She gets hugs, and she's all, do I enjoy this or not? And she decides to enjoy it. It's just, I think, for me, that is just, Buster, again, accidentally, so he he makes Mina a stagehand, and he finally gets Eddie out of the pool house and into the headset, right? Because Mm -hmm. Eddie is now a theater sheep for life. He's been... And he's DJing, too. Right, like exactly. For the singing. So, and then he 
pulls Nana Noodleman out of what is sure to be reclusive. I mean, she... That's the impression I have of it, yeah. She's... she's hold away in that yeah. mansion, playing, te- playing chess or checkers with the penguin, right? <laughs> Who was very penguin. surprised that she was yeah. leaving to go and see the show in the first place. Right. So Buster, for all of his chicanery, manages to do good things. I just, I like Buster. And then we have, so I do also like in the drop down sequence before we get to the picture, you can see the bubbles where the squid are. Mm-hmm. On the outside of the building, so you know that the inside that of there. the building yeah. has been built properly this time with right. ad- with, with adequate security <laughs> glass for the yeah. squid. Yep. Yeah, I like that. I, I want to keep the squid around. If they're not in sync too, then I'll be upset. Oh, they better be. I would be upset if they weren't. I mean... I'll be honest, we have to get at least one more end credit sequence because that's almost my favorite part of the whole movie. Yes. I know that's the two-year-old's favorite part of the movie. Yeah, we always have to watch it all oh, the way through. Oh, we have to all the way through. So that song, it's called Faith. It's by Stevie Wonder and Ariana Grande, the one they play during the credits. That song was nominated for Best Original Song in the Golden Globes that year, and it lost to La La Land, no surprise. Um, and at the Golden Globes, it was also nominated for Best Animated Film, and it lost to Zootopia. Again, no surprise. Although I'm interested, I guess I didn't realize that they both came out the same year. Which, no, because this movie was just as good, just in yeah. a very different way. Right. They're very different topics and address mm-hmm. very different things. And I really, I liked Zootopia, and I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. But in many ways, I think this one is better. I think this one's more approachable for at least my four-year-old. My four-year-old likes this movie better. Yes. Um, and this movie was not nominated for any Academy Awards. How sad for it. Mm-hmm. Not even Best Animated Film. So 2016, the nominees for Best Animated Film in the Academy Awards were Zootopia, Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, my Life as a Zucchini, no idea what that is, no. and The Red Turtle. The Red Turtle. The so. Red Turtle. Yeah, I don't know what those last two are. Don't know about that one at all. I have not seen Kuo and the Two Strings, although... It's really good. It is on my list. I have been told I have to. And now I'm very begrudgingly, when people are like, you have to watch this movie, I'm like, I guess it's a kid's movie, so now I have to add it to my <laughs> now list. I'm obligated. Stuff. I did finally well, watch Inside Out, even, so we can review that one now. Kubo and the Two Strings is Leica, which is, um, they're a very good animation studio. Uh, they have done... Box Trolls, um, Paranorman. That um, one rings bells. Coraline. Oh, okay. That one I've actually seen. They worked on Corpse Bride. So that style. Okay. 
Obviously, we need to talk about whether or not you can appropriate these costumes. And I would say here that you are probably safe with yeah. pretty much all of these. I don't see a reason why you can't be a cute llama in a skirt or... <laughs> Some, or a little white mouse in a maroon suit. Or a purple suit. I do like the purple snoot suit. It's 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 <laughs> purple snoot. Purple snoot. Oh god. We have already talked about the cryability of this movie. It gets us all in a number of places. Like probably a three out of five for this one. I for would me. say for my husband, it's probably slightly below Big Fish. Um, <laughs> so maybe like a four. For me, I don't cry at this movie. It doesn't make me cry. But it's sentimental anyway. I have a cold heart. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> you have a horrible, horrible mommy. <laughs> We should definitely talk about Halloween costumes in relation to this film because you should you can absolutely wear, any of wear all of them if you'd like. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I'm interested to see somebody do the llama with that little mini skirt and the cowboy boots. I'm looking forward to Car Wash Buster. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the koala in, in the a red speedo. speedo. Yeah, go for it. Ew. Ew. All right, final verdict here. Honestly, this is one of my favorite kids' movies. I'd give it a solid five out of five. This one's good for kids to watch. It's good for adults to watch. I just, I feel good about what this movie teaches and what our kids are learning. So there you go. I agree. I'm going to give this one a five, if, if only for the fact that the soundtrack gives me something better to listen to in the car with my kid, and also has encouraged him to listen to other music by these artists. That's definitely true. There's a lot of songs here. I was able to introduce Stevie Wonder in our house mm -hmm. after this, and they love songs in the key of life and I would never have been able to introduce that album right. without we've, this tie-in. We have listened to Queen because of his familiarity with Under Pressure mm -hmm. and we have listened to some Lady Gaga because of Bad Romance being in here. There's a lot of uh, times when he'll hear a song and be like, oh, that's a song from Sing. Yes, my kids and do that a lot And then gets excited to hear more. Yep. So I'm open to that. Yep, it's a great way to introduce them to new and old artists alike. That's definitely been true for us. Okay, well, guys, thank you. You can find us at Latchkey Movies pretty much everywhere. We have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram account. We have a Twitter feed. We are theoretically going to be doing things with these things. I don't know. Sarah, Sarah has plans. 
I, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big plans. Big plans. Okay. <laughs> right. I don't have any plans. <laughs> <laughs> but follow us anyway, because yeah, surely yeah, no, we'll, we'll find be... some way to entertain you in your social media feed of choice. Now, we are... I don't know what actual week this is going to be in production, but I believe that we are still in our new and noteworthy window. So, if you like us, if you've actually made it this far, please do go to iTunes and leave us a glowing review so that we can make it places in places and rankings and things, because those are important don't you know if you would like to leave us a kid opinion message you can do that at 402-885-4875 and we will see you all next week see you next week bye bye